most critical, critical concepts uh, in marriage um, is the concept of love and submission or respect. Okay, the concept of love and submission. Okay, let's leave it for now as submission because that's the word that most people don't like to hear. Praise God. But, but what does the word of God say about that? We're going to be doing that shortly. But before we go deeply into it, uh, let me start with a joke. Um, it was said that a woman died and went to heaven. So she got to the gates, the pearly gates, and she saw uh, Peter, Apostle Peter, at the gate. So Peter said, welcome, welcome, so good to see you. So the woman was so excited that she made heaven. She saw Peter at the gate. So I said, can I go in? Oh, Peter, no, 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 no. There's just one little requirement, just a little requirement, and you can go into the gates. So the woman said, what is it? So Peter said, um, I will need you to spell a word. And I said, okay. I mean, as long as it's not a difficult word. So Peter said, spell love for me. Ah, the woman was excited. Just that, Peter, love? Yeah, L-O-V-E. Peter began to clap. Wow, come on, welcome to heaven. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I, I've been on duty all day. I, I need to go and ease myself. Uh, so before you go in, uh, just man the gate for me. Uh, man the gate for me. And the requirement is simple. Uh, like you, you heard anybody who shows up here, just ask them to spell a particular word and they can go in. So the one said, oh, I mean, thank you for the privilege. So Peter went away. And in a short you know, few moments, uh, Somebody just shows up and she looks at her. It was her, her ex-husband. Somebody say her ex-husband. So she looked at him. Wow, he was, you know, very fit, very strong man. Ah, James, what happened? He said, well, I just had a heart attack. Oh, what's that? I'm glad to see you. So it's like I made heaven. And the wife said, well, not really. There's just a little requirement. He said, what's the requirement? He said, there's a word you have to spell. So I said, okay. So what word? He said, spell Czechoslovakia. <laughs> the man said, come on. <laughs> she carried that thing over. <laughs> Praise God. A number of times that um, we, we've done uh, weddings, I've done quite a bit, we, we try to also share this story that I'm going to share next. Young couple going to get married. Um, but they have this very rich friend. So they wanted to have a very big wedding, beautiful wedding. So they, they, go, they went to visit him, the couple, like a lot of couples do. You're going to get married, you visit a lot of people. You know, so they, they met him, very rich man. Uh, you know, we're getting married. Uh, and uncle, you know, it would be nice for you to, uh, to help to uh, help us with this wedding. So the man said, no problem, no problem. Uh, I mean, I've known you for so long. This at the point uh, should be a help. So they kept on waiting and waiting for the man to call or to transfer some money. Until wedding day and nothing happened. So they became very angry, upset. Um, but lo and behold, the man shows up at the wedding. I said that they should bring something. I don't know. Uh, gentle, were you able to get it? Were you able to get it? Can you bring it quickly? Quickly, quickly, quickly. 
quickly. So the man shows up at the wedding with this big cattle package. Now let's, let's not call it cattle. It was a big package. Like sometimes you see people bring to church maybe during Thanksgiving. Well, much bigger than this, but <laughs> that's what um, they saw. Just drop it there. Um, so, at the point of giving gifts, you know, he gave it to them. Of course, they noticed as they took it from him that it was slightly light. But they said, well, we know him. is very rich. Everything he's going to give to us must have value. So, they went to, um, well, you know how it is. I don't know how many of you that night you want to open all the gifts and see all the good things. So, of course, his was the box they opened first. But they were shocked that as they opened it, it was empty. They unwrapped it and opened it, it was empty. They felt bitterly disappointed. So they called him and said, Sir, we're expecting you to send us a check, transfer money, nothing happened. And then you gave us an empty cattle. The man said, there are three lessons I wanted to teach you. The first one is this. Why I didn't do anything before your wedding is because the wedding is not the most important aspect of your marriage. The wedding is just a three-hour event. That's why I didn't do anything. The second reason why I didn't do anything is because both of you are the most important people in the wedding, not me. So if you expect anybody to help anything in your marriage, you're making a mistake. And the third and the most important reason, I didn't do anything. I was actually going to hope that um, Gentle and his wife would do a demonstration, but your wife is not here, obviously. Is she, she here? No, she's not here. Anyway, please hear me if, for those who are singles and uh, also for those who are married. If that carton is your marriage, is what you put into it that you can get. I was going to ask Gentle to bring some things along and ask his wife to bring some things along. Amazingly, many of us go into marriage, we have not put anything, but we're expecting something from it. It's a deposit you make in that box that you can receive from. So singles, as you are planning to go into marriage, what do you plan to put in your box? Love, prayer, forgiveness, honor, respect. Your marriage is a box. What have you been putting inside it? Praise God. By the way, the man eventually gave them a check. But the lesson has been taught. Ephesians chapter 5. I read from verse 21. Twenty-one, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands 
as to the Lord. 23. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. 24. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. 25. Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives, comma, just as Christ, in the same measure that Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Verse 26. And that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, uh, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Verse 28. So husbands ought, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. He who loves his wife loves himself. Verse 29. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Just as the Lord does the church. Because of time, we're going to stop there. Are you able to show uh, to show me media Ephesians five um, twenty two um, in the Message Bible? Ephesians five twenty two in the Message Bible. Message Bible, MSG. Message Bible. Ephesians 5.22. Do they have it? They have it? Okay, can you show that to me? Message Bible. It just says it differently and I, I thought you'd be able to look at it. Is it there now? I said Message Bible, they don't have it. Is there? Okay. Um, wives understand and support your husband in ways that show your support for Christ. Go to 23. 23. Okay. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church. Not by domineering but by I, I want you to please make a note when you go home to find a way to um, write down these two verses because it's very important. 22 and 23 in the Message Bible. Okay, please do that um, when you go. Father, we thank you for uh, this evening. Now we ask that you, you speak to us. Uh, Lord, you instituted marriage. It's your idea, your plan. And we ask that you take us further even this evening. Uh, for our singles and for the married who are here. I pray that you speak clearly to us in the name of Jesus. We break the power and the spirit of distraction in the name of Jesus. Uh, unveil your word, unveil your heart to us. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say hallelujah. Uh, very quickly, the design and the plan of God is that um, our marriages should uh, last, endure. But also his, his plan is that our marriages should be enjoyed. Praise God. Not only should it last, 
but our marriages should also be enjoyed. And like we said last Wednesday, God will be cruel to expect us to stay in a marriage for 20, 30 years and the marriage is hell. That's not God. Our God is a good God. Somebody say God is a good God. And the Bible says that he that finds a wife finds what? A good thing. So he also who finds a husband has also found what? A good thing and has obtained favor from God. And of course, if he says that it's not good that man should be alone, it means that marriage is good. Somebody say marriage is good. And so marriage is good and marriage should be enjoyed. However, it's important uh, to know uh, that for marriage to become all that God has um, designed it for, for it to be, we must follow the principles of God. We must follow the principles of God. We must follow the principles, and I'm talking about both the man and the woman. They must be willing, they must be ready to follow the principles of God. A good marriage can just, will not just happen. A, a, a marriage that is full of fun and joy doesn't just happen. It happens because the two people who are in that marriage have made up their minds that this is what their marriage should be. Uh, all day as I kept on praying, uh, God said I should say this to maybe somebody here, you know, especially uh, really as it were, uh, the singles. But then uh, there's redemption even for marriages of, of married people who are here and they are struggling. Hear me now. You see, when people are going into something, you, you only see it's what you expect. It's what you plan for in that thing that you can get. Okay, singles, if you're going to get married, uh, you must say to yourself, what kind of marriage do I desire? What kind of marriage? It's not just to say, what kind of man do I want to marry? But what, what is the picture of the marriage that I expect to get? Do I expect to see a lot of laughter in my home? Do I expect to see a lot of joy in my home? Okay, you must clearly say to yourself, this is what I want. Now, don't just, like we just, you know, hinted a few while ago. If, you know, sometimes some people just want to get married for marriage sake. Married for marriage sake. So they'll stop saying, you know, uh, you're single. You must be able to have a clear picture of the kind of marriage that you want. And remember that God will give you what you desire in the name of Jesus. Okay? But you also must say to yourself, what will be my role to make that happen? Okay, if I'm expecting that my marriage will be happy, will I make my husband happy? Will I make my wife happy? But it's important, you know, what one of the things we do in our church here, um, and those of you who have gone through premarital counseling, the first, the first class, part of what you're told to do is that write a vision. Both of you, go and write a vision of what you expect your marriage to be. Because people come, people actually come up to that point, they've not even really thought about what kind of marriage they expect. So one of the things we say is that write a vision and submit it the following week. What, what vision do you have of your marriage? Now, the truth is this. If both of you, and I'm hoping both of you will separately even do it first and then come together. So what vision do you have of your marriage? As you look at your marriage in the next five years, what do you see? In the next 10 years, what do you see? All of that will help a lot. All of that will help a lot. To build and develop a vision of the kind of marriage you want. And to be honest with you, God to keep hitting me with this, I know that a lot of people will rush into marriages without clearly deciding what kind of marriage they want. Praise God. Now, we're going to look at love and then we're going to look at submission and respect because it's amazing i just because of time just stayed only on the efficient scripture but i know that many of us here know 
that in all, practically all the references that God, that Paul wrote on the Bible about how marriages should be, he will always say, it's in, it's in Colossians, it's in Ephesians, he will say, husbands, love your wife. And then he will say, wives, submit to your husband. So it looks as if that that's the key heaven has for a successful marriage. For the husband to love the wife and for the wife to submit or to respect the husband. Somebody say, hmm. So, if heaven keeps saying, if heaven doesn't even say, the Bible doesn't even say anything else. That looks like the solution or the key or the secret to a successful marriage. Wife, submit to your husband. Husband, love your wife. So there must be something there. Can we submit to the wisdom of God today? Are we going to do that? Are we going to submit to God's wisdom today? Okay, because if it's God's word, it's God's wisdom and the will of God. And his ways are higher than our ways. Praise God. Okay. Now, every time Paul presents it, he usually will start with wife. Submit to your husband, like we saw it now. And then, at the bottom, he now begins to talk about husband, love your wives. So, ordinarily, we should start with submission, but I won't. And I will tell you why in the end. We're going to start today with love. And you'll understand why. We'll stand with love. And we're not looking at love today from the position of husband, love your wives. We're going to start looking at love today from the fact that if you are married, it is expected that you should love your wife. If you're married, it's expected that your wife should also what? Love you. Stay with pastor now. <laughs> when people come to me after they've gone through premarital counseling of eight weeks, I mean, um, uh, the family uh, department people are here, almost 100% of the time, the first question I ask is this. I look at the guy, I said, why have you chosen to marry this lady? Why? And then almost 99%, 100% of the time, what you hear is the guy says, I love her. I look at the girl, the lady, why out of the 3 billion men who are probably single, why have you chosen to marry? Why have you chosen this person to say yes? And she will say, I love him, pastor. I love him. Then I will come to the very interesting question. What exactly do you mean by saying, I love him or I love her? And practically all the time, we find that a lot of people don't actually know the meaning and the definition of love. We stay there for a while because it becomes very clear that, oh, oh I thought what I had for him, I thought what I had for her was love. <laughs> One of the things they say is, okay, so I say, what is love? He said, well, the way they make me feel. It doesn't sound funny. I said, the way they make you feel. So the way they make you feel, that's why you want to spend the rest of your life with them? Yes, pastor. And they are very, they are very happy with that answer. So I said, supposing you're feeling 
changes. Do you know that your feeling can change in two years? It can change in six weeks. All the person needs to do is to do something really bad. All the person needs to do is to do something really bad. And in six months, the feelings are gone. But God didn't design that you should be in a marriage for life based on feelings. He knows us. Can we appreciate the Lord? The English language has just one word for love and the word love. But the Bible is written in Hebrew and the Bible is written in Greek. Okay? Now, most of the scriptures we read, of course, uh, about this is in the New Testament about marriage and love. And all of that is written in, in the Greek. Okay? Um, I wish we have the time. I'm sure we know in, in the account of the Gospel of John, when Jesus was saying to Peter, Peter, do you love me? You remember that? Remember it? How many times did he ask Peter? How many times? Okay, now, in the English, what we keep seeing is love, love, love. That's not what Jesus was saying. Do you agape me? That's the first time. Second time, do you filio me? But the English writers will only use love. So, love, so what exactly does God mean when he says he expects for both of you to love yourselves? Is it filio? Is it eros? Is it agape? Or is it what we call the Greek word touches? Those are the four principal words that are used for love. Okay? I've mentioned filio. Filio actually is the Greek word Philadelphia. Philadelphia, like the city in America. And Philadelphia, the Greek word just means brotherly love. What? What does it mean? It's the kind of love that friends have towards each other. The kind of love that Jonathan had with David. That's filio. Okay? It's love between friends. Some siblings also have such love, you know. Even though the main love you see in families is, is touches. Touches is the love a father has for the children. And the children also have for their, their siblings and their parents. You know, you know the love you have for your family members is different. That's it's touches. It's not just a regular word for love. It's touches. You know, it's, 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 it's that um, kind of love. In Greek, it's called touches. Okay? Now, eros is um, romantic love. Okay? It's sexual love. Uh, children here. Okay? Um... And sometimes uh, the infatuation, the passion is eros. Now hear me. All of this love, it's not, it's not bad in a marriage. In fact, every healthy marriage should have filio, should have eros. Is somebody here? Okay. Let me say this. And some, sometimes somebody will say, Pastor, you know, God showed me my wife. God showed me my husband okay so everything is what spiritual okay i saw him in a dream i saw her in a dream in fact every time i sleep i see her i see him god is speaking to me okay now true god may have showed you her or him in a dream praise god okay 
But it's important that you like the person you're going to marry. I don't think somebody got what I said. If you make it all spiritual, hello, that marriage will die. God may have revealed that person to you as your husband or your wife. You need to build a friendship. You're not going to be praying 24 hours a day. If all she's doing is tying rapper to walk, and all you're doing is wearing bongo trousers to walk, she's not, she's a human being. You are a human being. Both of you are not firewood. After a while, the spiritual will begin to give way to the Somebody should appreciate Pastor now. So it's expected that for you to marry, <laughs> let it not be that the only reason you, you know, go to Zahora room is for children to have something will be wrong there. That should not be because that thing was not only created for procreation, it was also created for pleasure. But if you marry somebody you're not physically attracted to, first of all, you're not going to kiss. And you'll be looking, one will be looking to the east. Why the other one looking to the south? Why the show is this? Because there's nothing. Some of you are not looking at pastor now. So, I am the Lord. That's your husband. Yes, sir. Time to now build a friendship and work on it because you need those other elements of love. Somebody say hallelujah. However, God doesn't want you to build a marriage on Eros and God doesn't want you to build a marriage on Philio. God wants you to build your marriage on what? Agape. And so what is Agape? You may need to write down. Some of us I know already know what that is but let's just quickly see what Agape is. So agape, agape love is unconquerable benevolence. Okay. Unconquerable benevolence. Meaning you are, you are benevolent to the person that you love. The husband is benevolent to the wife. The wife is benevolent to the husband. Meaning the word benevolence means that there's always a kindness that, that without 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 struggling it's easy to be kind to your husband without struggling it's easy to be kind to your wife that's benevolence and nothing changes it even if they upset you they just see something on your inside that want to do good to the person when that is happening there's love there even when they've offended you there is no agape if any small thing the person withdraws favors. It means that naturally there is no agape there. Even when they've done you bad, there's a natural thing to just still be nice and kind. 
So when somebody says to me, Pastor, I love him, what I'm looking for is, are you kind to this person? Their joy, does it make you, when you see them happy, God, it makes you happy. Do you know that song? Certain couples, when they see the other one happy, they get angry. As if they are the devil. I mean, you should be able to see your husband happy. You should be able to see your wife happy. But seeing them happy, why are they happy? They'll look for something that will make, make them sad. There is no agape there. Singles, but you not enter that marriage in the name of Jesus. You, 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 you should be so excited that you are the reason why your wife is happy. You should be so excited that the reason why your, why your wife is happy. I mean, when, when people see you glowing, you say, now nah, my husband do. We're going to look at more the definition of agape. So we said, what we said unconquerable means nothing can touch it. Where there is true, genuine love, nothing can touch it. You may be angry for a short season, but not, uh, nothing can kill that love. As you're getting angry, you say, what can I do for her? You're still transferring credit to her. You're still buying her airtime. You know why? Because nothing they do, it can't touch that thing now. But watch it. If any small pin, you withdraw your benevolence. There's no love for you in your heart for that person. The other word there for agape is commitment. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Goodwill. Sorry. I'll, I'll get to a commitment. It's goodwill. That means, now, now hear me now. In agape, agape is always about the other person. It's not about you. Okay? It's not like, um, and please understand it this way. It's not that um, I want her to be promoted so that she can be bringing more money home. I want him to hit millions so we can be comfortable. I just want him to succeed. I just want my wife to do well. I just want her to be fulfilled. I just want her to, you know, like, like I, 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 I'm so excited when Pastor Nyama is doing her DFDT. Because her joy, I sky. And I, you know, I, I'm so, if there's any way I can make her fulfill her destiny, I would do it. And it has nothing to do with selfishness on my part. So that the church will be bigger or grow. No. I know she enjoys doing it. So it's good will you have for your spouse. Just because you want them to succeed for themselves. Not because of what comes back to you. Is somebody here? If you're hearing, come on, say hallelujah. So you want your husband to make it. Not because so that he can provide more. We're not thinking about being irresponsible. We're saying that is what agape is. The third word for agape. I'll begin to move faster now. So much to cover. Okay. Willful delight in the object of our love. Meaning, I mean, <laughs> you, you're constantly just, uh, just, your, your joy comes from their joy. <laughs> you see your husband happy, you're happy. His team wins. You are, you are rejoicing with him. Up, oh, your man you she's, she's in she Chelsea. So today his team wins. Both of you know we won't even eat on the same table. And like I said some time ago, both of you, by the way, should not be 
and in different teams. Settle which team you'll be. Your husband can't be in mind you, you'll be Chelsea. I forbid that in Jesus' name. Because the day his team wins, both of you should what? You'll be jumping. And like I think, not and his wife. Both of you, are you, are you in the same team? You're not on the same team. You change it tonight in the name of Jesus. Don't let him come home today. Which team are you in? You're Chelsea. Where is she? Arsenal. Eh? They are your wives. So any team that... So the day Arsenal wins, you rejoice with her. But the day Arsenal go meet Chelsea, they will never meet. The day where they go meet in God. Somebody say hallelujah. Now that's, that's really a joke. Now quickly now, we, because this, this is so important. This is so important. Okay, now um, agape involves faithfulness. Somebody say faithfulness. You see, when, when, when somebody has agape for their spouse, eh, the idea of cheating never comes in. It, 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 and I, I give all the glory to God. I've been married for 22 years. I have never come close to infidelity in 22 years not i've never i've never even sent an indecent test to any human being god is my witness it's not even it is not a thought it's not a thought because the agape i have in my heart for my wife drives my faithfulness to her i travel to america i go to china wherever i go it's not even an issue so once you have that kind of love for your spouse fidelity is the number one thing there how can you go and cheat on somebody that you love even when they don't know the second word there is commitment when there's love agape love you're committed to the success of that union Yudipo's wife many years ago maybe probably over 25 years ago you know she taught a very powerful message that commitment is actually the most important thing in marriage that because anything you're committed to will work. Said so anything you're committed to will work. The truth is that a lot of people are not actually committed to the working of that marriage. Maybe it's one person that is working it. And I said before, if it's only one person that is working at that marriage, you are wicked. Because you can't just allow one person to making it work. Both of you have to work it. When both of you carry load is lighter. I can't one person be carrying it now. And guess what? After a while, the person gets what? It's just natural. They are not spirits. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody hearing anything this evening? Praise God. So, there's faithfulness, there's commitment. And for me, Pastor Ike, this for me is one of the most important things that has helped me. Agape is an act of the will. Agape is what? Agape is what? An act of what? The will. And agape love is what? And that is how actually, if you, if you forget everything else today, don't forget this. Agape is what? Meaning that the kind of love God wants us to love our spouse has to be by your decision. You have to say, I choose to love you. And like you're going to say, it's not just saying an act of the will. If there must be decision, there must be a fruit of that decision. It must, it must be accompanied by certain actions. You know, the same way we say that faith 
is actually a decision. Because we, we know that um, when, when Jesus appeared to the disciples and Thomas was not there, you know that story, okay? Thomas, when he came and he said, just had showed up, he said, unless I see him and I see the holes, I will not. He used the word will. I will not believe. Because when Joshua kind of showed up, he said, Thomas, okay, see my hand, I see. Do you believe now? But he said, blessed is he who has not seen, but yet believes. Listen to me. And this has to start before you enter into the marriage. You need to say to yourself, I will love you for life. And that's why your marriage vows are there. The marriage vows are totally connected to an act of your will. What does that mean? When we say to you, will you take so and so as your lawful wedded wife? And, and you know, even though we're not doing that much now, but I, I think we're going to begin to do that again. Because what I used to do before we get you married on Saturday, you have a meeting with me on Thursday. I sit with you. I said, you've done everything. Saturday is your wedding. We're going to be making you repeat some vows. And I said, talk to me about vows. What do you understand by vows? Do you think it's what something a pastor makes you to repeat? Then I'll bring the vows. I say, I'm only guiding you. But today, before the wedding, I want you to look at these words. Because they are going to be covenant vows. When we say to you, will you take so-and-so as your lawful wedded wife? And you say, I will. It must become a decision you have made. The I will must become what? A decision you have made. By intention and deliberateness. And then we say, will you um, remain married for better, for worse? I'm going to say to you, I want you to think about it now before Saturday. What kind of things could happen during a marriage? Will you remain in a marriage if your husband lost one leg? Will you remain in a marriage if your wife became diabetic? So think about it. When you're coming on Saturday, when you're going to repeat it, remember that you're making a vow before God. I said to people, the vows you make on the pulpit are not empty words. So every time you say you're living in marriage, what you have done is that you're breaking your, you're breaking your what? Covenant vows. Is it Ecclesiastes chapter 4 that says, it says, do not hear me now. Do not make a vow if you're not planning to keep it. it's better not to make a vow than to make a vow and then you say before the angel of God it was an error so I said to you decide whether it's going to be an error now because every time you enter into a covenant on God's altar God will hold you for it so you see that ultimately agape is 
edition of what? Of the wheel. Let's make some progress. So let's look at some components of what love really is. We've actually, in many ways, um, you know, uh, dealt with it. Let me just quickly first say this. Falling in love is easy. Somebody say falling in love is easy. How many of you have fallen in love before? Come on now, come on. It's okay, it's okay now. We are adults. How many of you have fallen in love before? Ah. Say, Pastor, I never fall before. <laughs> oh, I'm still in it. Okay, when you are an unbeliever, you fell in love. I need to see you. You were an unbeliever, you fell in love. Come on now. We've... This is the house of God. All of you are lying in Jesus' name. Praise God. Nobody wants to. Falling in love is what? You just tell your friends, my body is just doing me one kind. My body, they do jiggy, jiggy, jiggy. Every time I see him, ah! My wife said, when the first time I saw you, you know, then I used to be really, really good looking, you know. Makile pro labaza. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. I had them make jiggy, jiggy like a really way. Praise God. I used to be a bad boy. But thank God for Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, now, but just, just to please, just uh, quickly, um, uh, just say this. Falling in love is easy, but it takes hard work to remain in love. So, if you got into marriage on the basis, wow, you know, you like, you know, the way they make you feel, make you happy, you know, you're all excited and, you know, in their company, all of that, you know, the best guy in the world, the best woman in the world. Hello? It will take work to what? To remain in love. It will take work to remain in love. So singles, okay, you fall in love, know that it will not always be like jiggy jiggy like a railway. It's going to take a lot of work to keep love. Praise God. It's going to take a lot of work to keep love. Now, it's said that there are two two phases of love in marriage. Two phases of love. Let me quickly just read it out. The first phase is when the feelings are euphoric and spontaneous. You know, you like the way you feel. But for the long haul, for the long haul, the next stage is usually what should be worked on, which is when love becomes deliberate and intentional. Did you hear what I said? When that love becomes what? It's not now based on how you feel. You deliberately and intentionally, you know, your feelings now must follow your will. Hmm? And what it does is that you look for something that's turns your head about her. Look for something that turns your head about him. It has to be deliberate and intentional at this point. Did you hear what I said? Okay? So, and that's, you know, and, and let me say this, and, and, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, um, they teach this during uh, maybe people are having challenges in their marriage. You know, when people are having issues with their marriage, the tendency sometimes that the woman begins to see another man as she likes the man. 
Can we be real? The man sees another woman. And the way they make them feel, them, the, the feelings they're having for that person outside is now stronger. Sometimes there's an emotional adultery. Can we be honest? In the person outside or the person on social media or Facebook or Instagram. But you know that there was a time you were feeling like that for your wife and your husband. Let me be honest with you. If you ditch your husband or your wife and go and marry that person, that phase will pass through. I wonder about today. Are you here today? If you, if you leave your husband or your wife, marry them because of the way they make you feel now. Guess what happens? Give it a time. The same cycle will happen. Yeah, it has happened to you. <laughs> Remember that, yes, the grass is always greener on the other side. But hello, somebody is watering it. If there are no weeds there, it's being watered. They are mowing it. When you marry them, things where you don't see from outside, you could see them from inside. You say, hey, if I had known, I would have of my former husband. And that's why in the U.S., they are what they call serial divorces. Why? You leave your husband, marry another person. The wall of that person is even worse than the person you're coming from. But because at that euphoric stage, you, you're blind. You're blind. Your heart is beating all the time. You can't see anything. You can't see any error. Until you say, I do, I do. Then you come and see, I do, inside, inside it. So, hello? So, walk on the one way you get. Let me tell your neighbor, walk on the one that you have. Walk on the one that you have. Walk on the one that you have. Uh, that guy, tall, six foot, wearing nice suit. He gets six foot problems too. Let me be honest with you. Anybody will be that did that good and available. There's a reason. That's all I can say. They carry their own issues. And you know, when everything, you know, everything is looking nice da, 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 until you marry, then you now realize that everything are packaging. When the wig is off, bro. And the makeup they are doing now is deadly. It, they, will, they will go to hell. <laughs> Holy Spirit of God. Everything is an attachment. Nail attached, eyebrow attached. In fact, she so said, Jesus, she was so pretty. And then, like, like Jacob in the morning, what happened to you? Where is the lady I married? Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody said before he marries anybody, he's going to take her. Let's, let's go to the swimming pool. We must swim, oh, we must swim. Oh, there's water resistant makeup. God will help us. Somebody say hallelujah. Is somebody getting something today? Okay, so very quickly now. Um, you know, it's normally said, it's normally said that love is not enough. Somebody say love is not enough. Pastor, what does that mean? Love is not enough. What it actually means is that this love we're talking about is that it's not the way you feel. The way I feel about her. The way I feel about him. You can't marry people based on feelings alone. 
Marriage is a whole lot of serious wala. The feeling will fly away with the first quarrel. Praise God. So the feelings of affection, the feeling of being in love, having chills about him, having chills about her, is not adequate foundation for getting married. Very quickly, the dating period really should be for examining the spirit. This is for the singles now. The dating period is, uh, is a period for examining the spiritual, the intellectual, the emotional, the social, and the physical foundations of that person. I'm just giving this to singles now. The dating period. So come down from that cloud nine. Descend. Hello? Do what? Butter, butter, come down. Come down. Is now to open your eyes. Look at the person's intellectual foundation, their spiritual foundation, because it is that one that you will marry. It is that one. Those of us who are married for 22 years is the essence of your the person you married. Is it what? The essence of the man. And so a dating period is time to know who really is Uncle Miyachi. Remove all those jiggy jiggy like a That's not the real thing. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. Let, let, let's just so that you can have something to write. So number one, so we're looking at love. Love is a decision. Just, you know, just write that. So love is a decision. So if you're going to be marrying somebody or you're here, you're married already, no matter how long, 10 years, 12 years, 30 years, okay, if you didn't get it right, know that love is a decision. And we said love being a decision means that your will is involved. Your what? Your will is what? Is involved. Okay, that's, that's the kind of love God wants, okay? That's why marriage vows are taken. We already said that. That's why marriage vows are taken. Because you say, this is what I will do. It's a commitment I'm making, okay? Irrespective of whatever the person is doing, I'm going to love them. Now, number two, love is an attitude. Please write that down. Love is an attitude. Love is an attitude. Love is an attitude. Okay? Love is not emotion. Love is not feeling. Love is not emotion. Love is not feeling. Love is more than like. Is more than like. Okay? Love is not emotion. Love is not feeling. However, it's important to say this, like I said some time ago, it's good to feel emotionally good about the person you're marrying. Okay? But that's not the primary foundation on which you're marrying them. Amen? Because those will change. Okay? Love is an attitude. Does anybody, can anybody help me define, what, what would you say is an attitude? When you say love is an attitude, what, what, can anybody define attitude? Anybody? What's attitude? Anybody? When they say to somebody, you know, what's your attitude? Or they say, your attitude determines your altitude. So, does anybody know? Huh? Behavior. Okay, any other word? Character. Habit. Lifestyle. Any other word for, for attitude? 
you're, you're right. I mean, um, attitude is behavior. Attitude is character. So, as you're dating, you're checking the person's attitude. How do they respond to things? When they get angry, what do they do? When issues concerning parents come up, what, how do they respond? That's the attitude. So attitude is a disposition. Attitude is the way the person responds to situations. Attitude is the way they think. Those are the things you should be looking for. Because, you know what? Those things will not change in marriage. So, what you're looking at, what is Uncle Merch's attitude? What is her attitude? Singles, am I helping somebody today? Praise God. Okay. Now, so love is an attitude. Okay. Attitude is a disposition, is a, is a posture, is an action based on belief. It's the way they react or respond. Okay. So, love is an attitude. Okay. That means that for certain people, you know, they go into marriage saying, I'm going to love my wife. I'm going to take care of my wife. I'm going to make my wife happy. That is their character. But there's somebody going into a marriage and they're not making those commitments. They're not. A wife is going to the marriage. She doesn't, she just wants to get married. She doesn't care about the guy. It's what she can get out of it. May God open your eyes to see that in Jesus' name. Okay? Now, so we said love is a decision. Love is an attitude. Now, love is service. Love is what? Love is service. Love is service. If you say you love people, there must be evidence of it in, in what you do for them. If you love people and you're not serving them in one form or the other, you're lying. Now, now, let me say, and I said this to the glory of God. My wife knows this. Practically, quite a lot of Sundays that we go home. Now, we have people who help us at home, but Sunday, you know, is a day off. I wash all the plates. And I do it a lot of joy, including this last Sunday. I finish preaching, I go to the kitchen, I wash all the plates and the pots. She's here, you can ask her. And I probably do it better than the people who do it. She's here. I enjoy doing it. All the dirty plates, all the dirty pots, wash them, stack them well, clean the kitchen. Listen to me. If you love somebody, there are things you have to be doing for them. There must be acts of service. If it's true love. If you say you love somebody and there's nothing, I say just write down two, three things you do for them and there's nothing. You're lying. For God so loved the world. Love will always give. And love will give sacrificially. That's like I told you, I, you know, I, I got this, you know, um, fever two days ago. In many ways, not for, for me. She, she doesn't even know. True. True. 
Because if, if, if you can't say you love your wife and you love her, and there are no sacrifices, then you're lying. Be honest to yourself. Listen to me, man. If you say you love your wife and you're sitting at home all day, you're lazy. You don't love her. Go and walk. Go and carry block. If not for you, do it for her. Sisters, you go give me offering today. Somebody say hallelujah. Praise God. And vice versa, hallelujah. <laughs> okay. Now number four, love will show respect. Love will show respect. Love will show respect. Now, I told you that I, I deliberately decided to, to deal with love first. Instead of following the Bible pattern with this submission first. And like you're going to see, even though our time is really gone, I, I, I don't think we'll probably most likely do submission next Wednesday. Because it's, it's, I don't want to rush it. It's very important. The truth is that there's no way you can say you love your wife and you don't respect her. If you don't respect your wife, you don't love her. And respect will mean you respect her opinions. She can't be talking and say, shut up, what do you know? What do you know? You have to respect her choices. She's a different person from you. She's not you. Oh, by the way, I hope you knew she was different before you decided to marry her. To be honest with you, I respect this woman's opinions a lot. I respect her choices. There are certain times she'll wear something. We may fight a little bit. I say, I don't like this thing you're wearing. But even as I'm saying that, I'm trying to be careful. Because I know that I also don't want to change who she is. Because love is not supposed to change that person. So love must respect. Must show respect. So, husband say, you know I'm the man. You must show respect to your wife. When your friends show up, how do you say, woman, go and bring, go and bring drinks? Is that what's happening at the Obama's house? <laughs> what are you sitting? Go and bring the drinks now. I'm, I'm being honest with you. If you understand that your wife is your wife, you can't say, woman, where, where are the drinks? Or you're eyeing her. Let me also say this. To the glory of God, some of you have been to my house. You know that me and I will waste time. I will go to the kitchen, bring the drinks, and serve it. It doesn't change nothing for me. If I am probably I'm in the business of bringing the, the thing in the kitchen. She'll come and join me. Because it doesn't change nothing. It doesn't take nothing away from me. 
You see, when you truly love your wife, eh, listen, you look for things that make you happy. Somebody say hallelujah. Okay, is that number four? Love shows resolution. The last one is, and I don't think we'll have the time to uh, go into it because that by itself is a whole topic by itself. Love means that you must speak your partner's love language. Love means that you must what? Speak your partner's what? Love language. We, we, I'm sure a number of us know um, the five love languages. We can't go into it. But I'm going to talk about something um, on, on, on Wednesday. Next Wednesday, we'll just pick it up from because I don't want to rush it. Um, don't love people the way and many people make that mistake. The way you want to be loved. If you're loving me the way you want to be loved, I may not hear that language. So maybe for you, the way you want to be loved is touch. But for me, is words of affirmation. So if you're not speaking my love language, as far as I'm concerned, you don't love me. So don't say, well, if it's me. No. Find out your own love language. If it is me, well, I'm not you. Tell your neighbor, I'm not you. People are different. So, to really show that you love the person, find out what they like. Find out what they like. Many, many years ago, you know, I was in a church. You know, um, the pastors would travel and then when they are coming back, they will buy, you know, clothes, suits, ties for, you know, for some, some of us. Somebody say hallelujah. Now understand the context. Now, a lot of those times, when they give me the suit or the tie, is not something like that. It's not the kind of suit I like to wear. It's bongo. Hmm? Now, hmm? <laughs> hear me now. Hmm? I hope you understand what I'm saying. Um, so one day, I, I, I was very bold. So I spoke to one of them and said, Well, I would prefer if you didn't buy the suit. Is it possible you can give me the money? <laughs> he said, You Ibo man, you like money too much. But the message was passed. Because if you give me something and I'm not going to wear it, you will feel offended. By the way, when I traveled, when I bring things, do you guys, the things I give times, because because I know you will like it. So, you must be able to understand what your, part, your partner's, spouse's love language is. Because that's what will make them happy. Why do something for them that, it may make you happy, but it doesn't what? Make them happy. So, it's your job to discover their love language. But you can also ask them, honey, what will I do? I can, come on. And, and that's when marriage will become heaven on earth. Is somebody here? You can say, love one killing me. Somebody say hallelujah. Say, love one killing me. <laughs> we ask your neighbor, so let me ask your, your wife, what, what, what really makes you happy? What can I do that will make you happy? Ask your husband, what? to be honest with you, it's not a lot of hard work. Oh. It's just wise work. Somebody say hallelujah. I'll stop. Let me stop. Let me stop here. 
Let me stop here. Let me stop here. Um, just some closing comments on this because I want us to take some questions. And I just use that as, um, you know, a bridge to next Wednesday. What a man needs the greatest, and I'm a man, I can tell you that. What a man needs the greatest in this world is respect and honor. Ladies, what a man needs most, I'm a man, is respect and honor. It's the way God built us. I believe that's why God, through Apostle Paul, will say, wives, respect your husband. Because God knows that what Pastor Soji needs most is respect. Now, there may be a few exceptions to do, but I doubt it. Men, is it true? Are there men in this room? Men, are we here? Pillars, are we here? What do we need most? Listen to me, eh? Sisters, you can get wives, you can get anything in this world from your husband if you respect him. Anything in this world, anything, you know, it is said that, you know, in every kid, there's a king. And in every king, there's a kid. There's just something about respect. If you respect that man, eh, he will dash you his checkbook. More than that. Uh-huh. Sisters, I, I'm telling you the honest truth. I'm telling you, Uche, is it not true? And nothing kills a man more than the wife disrespecting him. Talking to you anyhow. Look at your head. Foolish man. See your mates. See, where, where were you? See all your mates. Lazy man. Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, if the man has gone at that time, he can kill you. Because he goes to the very heart of his ego as a man. And I also believe, well, I'm not a woman now, but I also believe women, that what most women want is love. If a man loves a woman, is that so? If, 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 a, if a man loves a woman, I mean, the way she wants to be loved, come on now. Sisters, am I saying the fact? I mean, if a man... Can you imagine all of this thing with this man as love and that's what your husband is giving to you? Jesus. You don't want to go to heaven. Heaven is already on earth. Isn't, isn't that so? I can't imagine now, say, the man gets more money. Eh? He gets more money, join up. Eh? Come on now. I mean, you, you, you'll be laughing all the time. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. Okay, we're going to take like three questions so we can close. Amen. Did anybody get anything today? Praise the Lord. Let's appreciate the Lord now. Hallelujah. The, the message is, I think uh, we can always get it uh, from the media, you know, and I believe you also took some notes. But probably more importantly than anything else, um, it's, it's not the hearers of the word that are blessed. It's the doers of the word. Our world will change if we change what we do. Praise God. Um, I'm going to ask that Minister Charles um, is the head of the family department. Come and help me ask, answer questions. Let's appreciate him. Well, Minister Charles, come, come, come. This man has so much information, it's out of this world. I'm sure you know. Those of you who have gone through that class, can we appreciate our minister Charles? Hallelujah. Okay, so we'll take questions now. Quickly, quickly. Questions, questions. Either from what we've thought now or on anything regarding marriage. Anybody? Uh, I thought he had the mic. No. The microphone. Okay.
Anybody? Any questions from what we thought? Or anything at all? Anybody? You can also write it in case you don't want to be known. Nicodemusly. You can answer you can ask the question what? Nicodemusly. <laughs> we, we can do that. We'll close our should we close our eyes? Okay, yes, sir. Mr. Nat. By the way, happy birthday. Today's your birthday. Okay, we're, we're gonna do that shortly. Yes, sir, please. Yes. Charles, now you can answer the question, whatever it is. Yes. Okay, sir. Um you were defining agape. Yes. And with its attributes. Yes. Now, uh, with those attributes, is it like the the Ten Commandments that if you break one, you break all? Okay, let me answer it. No. All I was trying, just trying to do with the, all the different ways I came at it is just to explain it. That's all I was doing. All I was just trying to do was to make it as... So if you don't understand it this way, hopefully you will understand it this way. That's all I'm saying. And I'm hoping that you can catch the essence of what agape is. Like we began at the beginning, agape is unconquerable benevolence you have towards somebody. Because the mistakes most people make is that I love him, I love her, but they don't know what love means. Most times, is they are making me happy. But that's not love. When they stop making you happy, what will happen? Okay, let me, let me put it, um, and, and I thank God for that. She's here. I said to her, when we're going to get married, I said, I am committed. I am committed to making you happy in this life. And at that point, I said to her, that's 22 years ago, I will pay all the bills in my house. Your money is your money. My money is our money. I said that to my wife. Now, I know that is that has put a lot of marriages here in some while. We will we, we, we deal with it one of the weeks. But this is what me, Pastor Ike, did. Now, let me also say this. For as many years as my wife has had an income, her money is her money. She's here. My wife doesn't pay any bill in my house. I pay all the bills. All. So she uses her money to look nice like she does. But I'm just hoping that one of these days, you know, she'll just say, husband, I like this Italian suit. I just bought it for you. I'll say hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, do you understand? So, so um, I'm just saying that we must be able to, um, I just came at it from different ways to be able to explain it. Okay, so true love really is that you're the one that just want to do for the person. Because that's the nature of God. You understand that? Now, you know why that's exciting, Nat? Can you imagine when two people jam each other like that? See, my wife, I go so, I go so spoil you. I say, husband, I go so spoil you. You, know, you don't need to go to heaven anymore. You're already in heaven. Does anybody agree? That's how it was supposed to, that's how it was designed. Not that it's one person that is doing it. The other person is not doing nothing. That's not how God designed it. Like I said that Wednesday, you know, you come back home, I have a small gift for you. Say, really? I beat you to it. Me, I have a gift for you too. Where the devil will come? Where? Where's the devil? Praise God. Yes, sir. Okay, there is a question here. 
on love. Yes, sir. If love is not this, if love is not designed to change other person's attitude or disposition, what of a situation where they are wrong, and you need to straighten it up? Praise God, straighten it up, fix them. <laughs> if it is done in love, is it wrong? Praise the Lord. Okay, Mr. Charles, okay. answer the question. Yeah, if love Please is not designed forward. to change other person's attitude or disposition, what of a situation where the person is wrong? Praise God. Uh, one of the things, I actually wanted to add that to um, the comment uh, on the question Brother Nat asked. Um, lo agape love, as Pastor explained, should not be a reaction to whatever the person does. So it is not contingent on what the person does. It should be an action. So whether the person acts or doesn't act, whether the person reacts or not, you are just acting, you are just doing agape, as pastors say. So it is not tied to the other person's response to your stimuli. So it's not, it's not a reaction. So whatever, either it is commitment, or either it is this, you are just doing agape. Praise the Lord. Because so, eventually, if it's, if it's based on reaction, a day will come, you, you, you get tired. You get tired of, of that. But by the way, also, also remember that what we're doing here, we're doing six weeks. So there will be weeks where we're going to deal with, supposedly the person's not behaving well. But today, what we want to deal with is how you are behaving. We're dealing with you. Do you understand? So we're going to come to issues of, you know. So meaning, okay, don't, and I think, I think we said that on last Wednesday. Don't, don't also go into a relationship and say, I'm Jesus Christ. I'm your savior. I will change you. I will change her. If she doesn't change after one year, guess what? You want to run away. Is that okay? Yes, sir. Uh, any, any red flag should actually be treated as at, as at that time. And we also uh, mentioned last week, if we date right, we'll be able to see clearly, you know, what are those red flags. But if you, we didn't date well, if uh, the dating period is not uh, clearly defined, we didn't I mean, go through the things that we need to go through. That's where we rush into. We were just sharing uh, earlier, earlier on. Uh, if you sit with a single sister in church, the person's disposition is, oh, please, just be straight. Just tell me if you are, if you are, not, go if you are not going to be serious, just go, just go. You know, and maybe uh, later, later, uh, later on, the church can also create that avenue for, you know, for engagement within the single, where the people can actually get to meet uh, each other without uh, any, uh, any strings attached. As a matter of fact, one, one of the Wednesdays, we're going to devote it totally to how should you date? How should a Christian single date? What, what should happen during your dating period? What should happen during courtship? We must do it in this series. Is that okay? Because most people don't actually know what to do. Okay, we're going to take the last question. Um, Before that, let me read yes, this. So yes, that yes. It, the question won't be answered uh, today. It will be answered uh, next time. Since respect differs from person to person, what is the real meaning of respect? Because Pastor didn't really touch on that. So it will be answered the next uh, session. Like I said, um, uh, you see the way I took quite a lot of time in dealing with love. Submission is also as long. So we can understand what submission and respect is. We'll do that next Wednesday by God's grace. Okay, there's a, a lady. Um, yeah, quickly. Tabernacle of David, can you come up? We, we're, we're closing. Thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. Thank My you. question is, 
how do you you know we talked about sacrifice and love yeah how do you make sacrifices in love without feeling shortchanged you know you feel like you're doing so much you're giving so much and you're you're now feeling shortchanged how do you balance that okay um one of the things we have said is before if you're single for example you should be able to in the dating process or the courtship process you should be able to know whether this is the person you want to spend the rest of your life is if he's not gelling if certain things you should be looking for is not there don't marry the person like i said you're not jesus christ but however i'm also aware that there are people who are already in relationships their marriages now and what is happening is that it seems as if you're the one doing all the work and he's not or she's not we'll, we'll address it but we can't do it we can't deal with that today we're going to also deal with when that happens we can't deal with that today because of time is that okay okay so stay tuned on the same channel praise god can we appreciate the lord this evening